And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but show love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour, you shall not covet your neighbour's house, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbour. Well done, thank you everybody. That's great. Now I just need to do some sorting out up here. So uh, you might just want to take a moment and just talk to yourselves just while I quickly uh, do some preparation here. You're all wondering, what is all this about, aren't you? I can, I can see. But all will become apparent. I just need to pop this in here. There we go. I've got some little stabilizers to make sure it doesn't fall, because that's the last thing we need. There we go. I think that will do the job. And I don't want to bang my head on that. Great. Well, good morning, everybody. Let me just remind you of the translator code if you need it. Uh, if you've got the Microsoft Translator app, you just put that code in and you will be able to read, hopefully, as long as I don't talk too fast, uh, what I am saying. You'll be able to read it in a language of your choice. So here we are, everybody. Here we are. We are at uh, the end of our series on the Ten Commandments. I don't know. It must be about 14 months since we, uh, since we started this series. And it is our Harvest Thanksgiving service this morning. And those two things are linked. Saying thank you to God and being uh, content with what he has given us. That's what we remember today. That is closely linked to this Tenth Commandment of not coveting. And we're going to spend uh, just a few minutes thinking about that commandment and thinking about maybe how it is related to this day. First though, I want you all to think. And I want you to think about how you would fill in the gap in this statement. If I only blank. I would be content. Content means happy. If I only what, I would be happy or I would be satisfied. I wonder what is in that blank for you this morning. If I only what, if I only had something, only did something, if I only were 
something. What is that first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, maybe with uh, Christmas fast approaching, it is, it's October. If you don't believe me, Hamleys or I have already released their top 10 toys for Christmas 2023. They've already said what those are going to be. So Christmas is fast approaching and maybe uh, you know what you want for Christmas and you're convinced, you know, that that new Barbie, because, you know, maybe you've seen the movie or that new Lego, you know, that Lego set that, uh, that, that you, you're, you're after or the Xbox or whatever it is. Maybe if you can just get that, if you could just get that, you won't ever want anything ever again, honestly. Yeah? Maybe if you're older and you don't like playing with toys, you came up with something different in that blank. Uh, If I only had that break or that holiday. Look, I know know summer doesn't seem that far away for some of us, but maybe maybe that's an insight into my mind anyway. That's probably what I would say. If I only just had that break or that, that time, if I only did less hours at work, if I only had a bigger house, a different car, a car that worked bit more money. If I only just had a bit more money or a, a bit more time. If I only had a different body. I don't know. For most of us, we all really need to watch whatever it is that we fill that blank in with. Because if that blank becomes the all-consuming thing, or the all-consuming person, or the all-consuming place, or whatever it is, if that becomes the all-consuming thing, then we are in trouble. And that is partly what the Tenth Commandment is all about. Let's, uh, let's remind ourselves what it says. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, shorthand, you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Okay? Cut to the chase. Anything that belongs to your neighbor. It's repeated. Did you notice that? Twice. Not covet. Not covet. It's repeated. Whenever anything is repeated in God's word, it's a big, pay attention, this is really important. Everything's important, but this is really important. So we're going to cover three things this morning. What does coveting mean? I want us to think about what coveting means, what's the problem with it, and how can we avoid it? Okay, just very simply, three things. What does it mean? What's the problem with coveting anyway? And how can we avoid it? So firstly, what does coveting mean? If we're going to refrain from doing it, if we're going to not do it, what does it mean? Well, two parts to this, two parts to our understanding. Firstly, to covet is to want something because you're not content, you're not happy. Okay, firstly, coveting means to want something because you are not content. Now, let me illustrate I have here a nice new £10 note, and I'll just move on there. I have here a nice new £10 note, and uh, I'm willing to give this to anybody who can come up to the front and answer a question, okay? <laughs> Anyone can have this £10 note if you come up to the front and answer this question. The question is, uh, well, actually, uh, who can tell me, it's not necessarily a question, but who can tell me why they are satisfied, why they are completely satisfied, why they are content, okay? So if you want £10, just come up to the front, and uh, you can come here and tell me why you are content, why you are satisfied. Anybody anybody want to to come and tell me? Just come to the front then. Who's going to come? Who's coming? Oh, you have to be quick. There's one coming from the left, one coming from the right. (laughs) Okay. 
Sorry, sorry, go on in. So, uh, just... Oh, we've got two. <laughs> Wasn't planning on two. Uh, never mind. Okay. Five pounds each. Uh, I could give you five pounds each. Uh, tell us your name and tell, tell me why you are content. Well, I'm William, and I don't think as humans we're ever really content. Like, as humans, it's human nature to always want the next thing. Okay, but are you content? Because that's what I, I asked if you were content. Well, not entirely. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, fa- <laughs> thank you for your honesty, William. That's great. What's your name, and tell me why you're content? Uh, content about what? Uh, uh, just tell me why you're completely content. Uh, because... Why you're happy or satisfied. You're not sure? About anything. About anything, yeah. Uh, because we're alive. Because we're alive, okay. But would you like this £10 note? Would you like this £10 note? Yeah, money is money. Money is money. But if you were really content, why do you need this? Ah, yeah, you, you didn't. In, why would you need... You know, yeah, okay, go on. Give me, actually, before you go, I, I'm going to give you some... I'm not going to give you this, because if you, if you were really content, you wouldn't need the money. But just as some temporary satisfaction, I'll give you a little sweet. There we go. Give him a, give him a big hand, round of applause. <laughs> you think I'm really mean, don't you? Um, <laughs> but you see, coveting is wanting something because you are discontent. You, you know, actually, we, why, why does that attract us? I could have, could have you know, maybe I'd have attracted more if I'd have said I've got £100 here. You know, but actually, we're attra- and what does that reveal about what's going on inside? Are we really content? Are we really happy if we want to come up and get that extra thing? And in that sense, coveting is an attitude. It's an attitude. It's not usually an action. It leads to an action, but it's actually something that's going on. It's not something we physically do. It's something that's going on in our minds and in our hearts. It can lead to an action. It can lead to things like. Grabbing and stealing and lying so, because we want more. But coveting is wanting something because you're an, unhappy with what you already have. And in that sense, it's, diff, it's different to just wanting something. It's not the same as wanting something because it is right to want some things, isn't it? If you're thirsty, you want a glass of water. That's fine. If you're hungry, you want food, that's fine. If you're cold, you'll put on a jumper, and that is fine. But coveting is wanting something because you're dissatisfied. You've had the water, and now your best mate's having a nice ice-cold Coke. You don't need the Coke, but actually he's got a Coke and you want it. Or maybe you're at the restaurant. You've ordered your meal, and your friends or your family have ordered their meal as well. And your meal comes, well, it looks all right. And then you see what's on the other side and you go, ooh, <laughs> actually, I, I wish I'd have had that. I'd, I'd like that one as well. Or you bought the jumper and you use the jumper, but do you know what? That one over there, that's more my color. <laughs> I need that one as well. You know, it's, it's about uh, wanting something because you are dissatisfied. But more than that, Coveting is wanting something that isn't yours. Take a look again at that 10th commandment. Covet isn't the only word that is repeated there. There is another word that's repeated three times. The emphasis is there five times, actually. Who can tell me what that other word is? There's a hand up at the back. Just shout it out. Neighbor. It's neighbor. That's right. There we are. See? Um, it's, it's neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, his manservant, maidservant, his ox or his donkey, or his neighbor. In other words, 
Coveting is all about wanting something because you're dissatisfied, but wanting something that isn't yours. It's not yours to have. Okay? And God gives us some timeless examples in this command. He gives us a timeless example of your neighbor's house. They've got nice stuff. He's got a nice big office. His house is in a better area of Hartford than mine. Or whatever it is, it's not yours. Another example says your, your, your neighbor's wife, we could say, or, or husband. I wish if you're married and you're, you find yourself, I wish I'd married someone else. I'd be far happier. No, not yours, God says. Or their servants, another timeless example. Their servants. Why can't I have a cleaner? Why can't I have a better computer for a servant or a better whatever it is, you know, oven or, or whatever it is that serves us in our homes? No, they're not ours. There's a contentment with what we have. Another timeless example, his ox. Ah, maybe not quite so timeless. <laughs> but, you know, there's a cow. Um, but maybe, maybe rather than an ox, it's a car, you know, the, the, the form of transportation or donkey, whatever, you know. Uh, my car is so old. It's so embarrassing. Doesn't work. It's not environmentally friendly enough. I need a new one, or you know, whatever. Or my bike is a bit outdated, and and, you know what? No, not yours. The commandment is more about contentment, or anything else that is your neighbour. And just in case we haven't quite got it, God says anything else. All right, this is all encompassing. Anything else, you know, I wish I was as smart as him. I was, as, I was a, as beautiful as she is. I wish my kids were as well behaved as theirs were. I wish I had the latest phone that he has, or, or anything that kind of comes from Amazon, really. You could fill in the, in the dots there, couldn't you? Anything. And so it goes on and on and on. Coveting is an attitude. It's wanting something that isn't yours because you're dissatisfied. And it is a huge problem. It is a huge problem. Or am I the only one that struggles with this? If we're honest, this is a huge problem for all of us. And we can excuse it, and we can come up with all sorts of reasons why our coveting is not really that bad. Are we right to do that? Is it really that bad? Well, let's look secondly at why coveting is a problem. And very simply, coveting is a problem because it leads in the opposite direction to contentment. Now, I'm hoping this is going to work. So, we've got our signpost up here, and coveting is a problem. (laughs) And blue tack may be a problem. But coveting is a problem because it leads in an opposite direction to contentment. So we've got coveting going in one direction, and we have contentment going in another. They go in different directions, just like this signpost, okay? Coveting and contentment are in separate directions. So why is this a problem? Why is it? I need four volunteers. Can I have four volunteers? Now, you know, you can be young or you can be old, it doesn't matter. Uh, you're just going to come up to the front and play a simple game. Maybe you've come with somebody uh, and you want to bring it out. Go on and come, come up to the front. We're just going to have two or have we got any, anyone else? I need two more. Uh, just, uh, let's start. I, only need, I only need four, so four. Okay. <laughs> Luke, 
Um, we've all got lads. I don't. Um, I tell you what, we'll have three then. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have teams of three. So, uh, if uh, you three can go go on this side, can can I? Can you come over this side? Um, in fact, you stay on that side there, and you go over here. We'll just have some, and, and over here, and no, Oliver, that's it. There we go. Right, super. We have two teams of three. Right, we have a red, we have a blue team on this side, and we have a red team on this side. If you can't see what we've got, uh, just in the corner are some little homes. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go and stand by that chair with the blue beanbags on it, and I'd like you to go and stand by that chair with the red beanbags on it. Okay, and we're going to play a game. This is the red team. And this is the blue team. So you've got to cheer for your team, okay? Now, these are the rules, all right? These are the rules. Well, let me give you the aim first. The aim, all right, what I want you to do is you can see that they've got some red things outside their house, all right? And you have to go and get their red things and bring them back to your house, okay? Uh, and you, you can see they've got some blue things out here. You have got to go and get the blue things out there and stop them getting the red things. Right, here are the rules. You're not allowed to touch each other. This is a non-contact game, okay? Okay. <laughs> The other thing is you can only move one beanbag at a time. You cannot take more than one beanbag. You can only carry one beanbag. So you have to try and get their beanbags. And they have... Now, you might want to, if you see that actually some of yours have ended up there, you might want to bring them back into your team, okay? But that is the aim of the game. No, and the rules are no touching and one beanbag at a time. Are there any questions? Is that clear? I hope so. We'll see if it's clear or not, won't we? So, church, please cheer for your team. This is, this is the red team. Thank you, Thomas. And this is the blue team. On your marks, get set, go. No touching. Go on, go on. You're not allowed to touch on. No touching. No touching. No touching. You can, and one at a time, one at a time. Just one at a time. You might want to get... Oh dear, there's some coming over here, so some reds are going over there, some blues are... You might want to take some back. Uh, what do we think? We've still got some there. You might want to carry one back rather than take it back. I'm getting a bit confused. Oh, we're throwing them. Okay. Um, uh, just, just, let's, yeah, maybe that's a new rule, no throwing. Oh, I've thrown that. Okay, okay, I think we need to stop. I think we need to stop. Where's my microphone? Right, just stand up along the front again. Honestly, just just you can come back to the front. You can, can come away from your teams. I'll just turn my back to you. Honestly, what did you think of that game? Hard. Hard. Tiring. Tiring. I don't know. You don't know. Fun. Oh, you enjoyed it. Okay, I wasn't hoping for fun. I was hoping for frustration or you know, yeah. Um, tired. Tired. Unfair. Unfair. Okay. So there was there's some. Um, some really interesting uh, uh, ways to describe that, gra- that game. We said it was hard, it was tiring, it was unfair. I think it was slightly dissatisfying. I don't, I don't really know where we were getting to. I don't, I didn't, you know, and, and, and who was going, going to, uh, to, to win that? Because trying to get and take what others have is actually exhausting. And it's tiring. And, and it will be hard. And we might have a little bit of fun along the way, <laughs> but 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 actually, ultimately, it's it's those those things, and it will never really playing a game like that will never really satisfy. Neither will chocolate, but it does give some sort of temporary satisfaction. So, so for taking part, give them a round of applause. Have a have a chocolate. Thank you. There you go. And just check with your adults that you came with, just in case you know there's something in there that you're not supposed to eat, because I wouldn't want to get into trouble. Um, but as I say, it's, it's almost like an impossible game. 
it's, it's very unsatisfying. You know, they were going backwards and forwards. And, and then actually they could have got them all, but then they could have looked at their red ones and thought, actually, the blue ones were nicer. Uh, blue's my color. And, and it's just exhausting. The only way to win, the only way to be content, actually, in that scenario, would have just been to have been happy with what they had at the start and not needed to have looked and, and got something from, from somewhere else. That's one problem. Coveting never leads to contentment. They're going in two different directions. If we covet, we're going in a different direction um, to uh, uh, contentment. But the other problem is, and this is maybe why it comes uh, last in the Ten Commandment list, is that the attitude of coveting often leads on to other things. So it's not just the coveting that is the, that is the problem. It's what it leads to. And as we see... It is this attitude that leads to a whole load of other things as well. Not least from what we looked at in the commandments. We see that it's an attitude that can lead to lying. We want other stuff, so we'll lie about it. Or we'll steal to get it. Commit adultery, murder, anger, Jesus talked about. And dishonoring our parents. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heart attitude. But we cover and we want things that aren't ours that can lead on to other things. But the way of contentment is a different way and a different path in a different direction that leads to peace. And it leads to thankfulness and real satisfaction. This is partly why on Harvest uh, Sunday we like to say thank you to God because we, we're trying to be content and remember to be content with what we have um, and what the Lord has given us. I don't know about you, but I, for one, am fed up with coveting. Uh, if only the Bible were to tell us something about how to uh, um, uh, you know, uh, follow the way of contentment. Wouldn't it be good if the Bible could tell us something uh, about the way of contentment? Oh, but it does. <laughs> it does. There's lots. And Abby is going to come and read for us just one example. Okay, so Abby, if you want to come up, uh, she's going to read one example of what the Bible says about contentment, and kindly, she's agreed to do that in both English and Cantonese for us this morning. And remember, these are God's words, okay, they're God's words spoken through Paul, actually, and uh, Abby is speaking Paul's words, which are God's words, and now she's going to speak them in English and Cantonese for us. Thanks, Abby. So 1 Timothy, chapter 6, 17 to 19 Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up for treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. 提摩太前书六章十七至十九节你要祝福那些今世富足的人不要自高也不要倚靠无定的钱财只要倚靠那厚赐白物给我们享受的神要祝福他们行善在好事上富足甘心施舍乐意供给人为自己的性美好的根基
how then do we covet less? Thinking about what we've just, just heard. How do we follow this way of contentment and go this way and not this way in the way of uh, coveting? Three very simple things just to think about as we close, okay? And maybe later as well. Maybe you want to talk about them over coffee uh, or talk about them over lunch. But firstly, um, the first uh, thing is, is, here we go, to be generous. Did you notice that? Paul says to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Now, this is where my uh, little example goes a little bit awry. So unless anyone's got a £10 note on them, um, and they could, they, could, they could give me a tenner, which I don't think they have, um, but uh, let's, uh, who came up earlier? And, and uh, just, just come back up. William, we're going to have to sort you out later, because I, I didn't expect to have two people up. But could just, could just come back up here. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name uh, before. But you don't have to earn this now by answering a question at all. Oh, look, William, you can come back up as well. You don't have to earn this, but I just want to give, and Emily just wants to give this to you as well. I'll sort you out later, Emily, don't worry. But you can have that, all right? You don't have to answer any question. You can just go and spend it on whatever you like to enjoy. That's all you've got to do. You've just got to use it on something that you'll enjoy. You might want to save it, or you might want to spend it. William, there you go. There's a tenner as well for you, okay? So nothing there, just that generosity. Go and enjoy. Go on, go and give them a round of applause, because I don't want them to feel left out. Too often, we hold on too tightly to what we have, don't we? We hold on too tightly to what we have, and we think we own it. Well, of course, in a sense, we do own what we have. We do own it. We've been given everything that we, we have been given. is a gift from God, and to use it well. But ultimately, nothing we have is truly ours. Nothing. Nothing we have. It's all on loan from God. And one day, God wants it back, one way or another. He'll have it back for his glory. So my house, my toys, my car, it's all on loan. The food and drink in my cupboards, it's just on loan from God. My family, my parents, my children, my husband or my wife, just on loan. And we could go on and on. And one of the best things we can do to follow the path to contentment is to be generous with our time with people, to be generous with our money in helping people, and to be generous with our possessions. So that's the first thing. Secondly, is to have faith. I don't know if you saw this in, in, in that passage that Abby read for us. But Paul says, put their hope in God. Put hope, put your hope in God. And, and he goes on to say, who richly provides us with everything we need for our enjoyment. <laughs> That's everything we need, but everything we need for our enjoyment. In other words, we, whatever, um, whatever we have is what we need. And God has given us that, whether it's much in human terms or very, very little in human terms. God has given us that for our enjoyment. But remember... Remember, remember, remember what he has given us above all else. He has given us the Lord Jesus. He has paid the price that we deserve to pay. And he has given us Christ. And the hope that we have in him, this hope in God, is the only thing that is essential in life. Now you may say food and water and clothing and and, and so on. Yeah, they, they are essential to sustain life here. But hope in Jesus. Hope in God 
is the only thing that is essential because it is the only thing that will see us through this life and into the next. So be generous, have faith, and lastly, uh, um, I'm going to say pray. Because in another letter, Paul writes this. He says, don't be anxious about anything. We often cover because we're anxious, don't we? Paul reminds us in another of his letters not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and with thanksgiving, hit those requests to God. Send them to God. And that's what Harvest is all about. Thanking God. It's prayerful speaking to God. Saying, thank you God for all that you have provided us with. And all that you have blessed us with. And it's a chance to remember that we depend on him. Ultimately we depend on him. These are some of the things that will lead to true contentment. To happiness. Peace. To satisfaction. Generosity. Faith. And prayer. So, St. John's, is it possible that God is saying to us this morning, if we only were a little bit more generous, if we only had faith, if we only talked to God more in prayer, is it possible that He's saying those things? Then, then, we'd be truly happy and content. And I'm just going to finish with Paul's prayer that he prays at the end of that passage, that last passage I quoted, because the peace of God, this peace here, this is what Paul is praying for us in contentment and peace. May God's peace, which transcends all understanding, guard all of our hearts and our minds, not just today, but as we go out from this place and live the rest of this week for him. Amen.